Knock, knock. Impatient cow. Moo. There's a lot of jokes about patience and impatience, right? And we say, uh, we say, I want patience and I want it. Exactly. And, and, and people say, whatever you, don't pray for patience because, you know, God will give it to you. You know, he'll give you frustrating situations so that you can develop patience. I say, pray for patience. Let's work to be patient. Patience is a great thing. Patience only helps any bad situation because impatience breeds more impatience. Have you ever noticed that? An impatient person walks into a bar or a meeting or dinner or cuts you off uh, on the freeway. Uh, And what happens? One impatient person, and pretty soon there's more impatient people around. Impatience breeds impatience. Uh, The reason we're looking at patience is because it's a character trait of Jesus. And as followers of Jesus, we are destined to become like him. We don't have to be like him. We get to be like him. We get to have this life that has joy and love and kindness and peace and patience. Who wouldn't want that? Patience is huge at improving our lives and the lives of everyone around us because the opposite of patience is frustration and anger. Now, I know that a lot of people think as soon as I say the opposite of patience is, we would say impatience. But that's not actually correct. Uh, because it turns out that impatience is more of a lifestyle. It's a habit that we develop where we can just be impatient regularly uh, for no apparent or good reason, whereas patience is actually the ability to have a positive response to delay or trouble or suffering in our lives. But impatience is just a tendency to be irritated, you know, just walking around uh, upset and provoked, often for no good reason. So um, <clears throat> I'm sure you have either witnessed this conversation or maybe you've had this conversation or been a part of it at a Starbucks or someone where, somewhere where someone says, I hate my phone. I, I, just, it, I just got a, an update. And now I have to go like this to get my news. I used to only have to go like that to get it. And... Uh, it's everything's changed. Now, you know what? When I get a phone call, there's no photo. How am I supposed to know who's calling me if I don't have a photo of them? And, uh, oh, I tried to upload a picture of my cat to my Instagram account this morning. It still hasn't gotten there. Did you get my picture of the cat? It's so cute. I, it, it's, you didn't get it? I hate my phone. <laughs> right? And, and you, you want to say to them, hey, Apollo astronauts didn't have the communication tools that you have in your hand. That, that picture of your cat uh, that you're trying to send to that person, it's going 22,000 miles to a satellite and coming back 22,000 miles to a person sitting a foot and a half away from you. <laughs> Give it a minute. Impatience. We just, we just are impatient. And it's a, it's a habit 
Um, we are all, you know, uh, guilty of it, but we also, um, we can all have it. I know I have it. I I can get it when I look at the instructions for microwave popcorn, and it says, uh, we'll pop in two minutes in a 1,200-watt oven, and I go, roll my eyes, I'm like, oh, great, I have an 800-watt oven. This is going to take forever. (laughs) People live this way. I hate to say it, many of us live this way. All of us have this sometimes in our life. But what happens when we live God's way? I love that that sentence begins our text in Galatians 5. It says, but what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Oh, sounds like such an idyllic life. Wouldn't we all want that? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for these gifts of the Spirit. Holy Spirit, they are gifts from you. They occur in our life as we allow you to fill us up in our hearts and minds and souls. And so we ask you to do that. Come and speak through us. uh, Speak through your living word into our hearts today. Help us to develop the fruit of patience in our lives. Spirit, please stay with us throughout this message and this service we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we want it. We, we want patience. Okay, we're all in. So what's the catch? Well, it, it's just this. You can't be both impatient and patient. We can't, we can't develop these fruits of the Spirit and not have them. So, uh, for instance, we can't uh, have loyal commitments and be irresponsible. It, it, it just doesn't work that way. Uh, we have to change. We have to be different. And, and I know uh, in my own life, um, I can be thinner. I can be in better shape. And I can eat good food and exercise. Or I can eat the way I'm eating now <laughs> and exercise the way uh, an amount that I'm exercising now and eat what I'm eating now and look and feel like this. <laughs> you know what? I've been both. I, I've done both lifestyles. I'm, I'm happy in both. I just can't be both at the same time. It's one or the other. So we look at ways to move from patience, from impatience to patience, from a tendency to be quickly irritated or provoked to becoming people with a capacity to accept uh, tolerant and be tolerant for in delay and trouble and suffering without getting angry and upset. One thing comforting and helpful about patience is this. Patience is contagious. It breeds more patience around us. We like to be around patient people. You know, people in line uh, can be patient or impatient. And, And whether it's at Disneyland or at the supermarket, the people in the back respond to what's going on to the people in the front. If the people in the front, they're all standing there, you know, it's taking a while, but they're, they're, they're calm, they're, they understand things are going smoothly. The people in the back, they're like, well, okay, I mean, it's taking a while, but I, 
I'll be here. I'm patient. But you get those people up front getting riled up. You can see them moving around and they're starting to get a little upset or angry. The people in the back are like, what's going on up there? What? They get impatient behind us. Impatience and patience both breed themselves. They, they're both contagious. It's why the police and security, they're, all, you know, they're like, calm, stay calm, move along. Right? Because they, they want us to, they don't want that impatience starting to breed itself. As, a, as Christians, part of a church community, we have the opportunity to work towards patience. And Colossians chapter 3 is just, it's, it's another uh, text similar to the Galatians 5, but it adds an interesting element, a tool that we can use. So it says this Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive how? As the Lord forgave you. This text invites us to do something interesting. It invites us to clothe ourselves with patience. That means when we don't feel like being patient, we can put it on like clothes. Now, we all, have, we all know ways to do this. We've all done this. For instance, you know, just take a deep breath or count to 10. Or if you can't say anything nice, yeah, we all know it. That's putting it on like we don't feel like, we feel like saying something not nice, but we clothe ourselves with patience like a shirt or a coat, we wrap ourselves in it and we, we practice it. That's a good thing to do. Uh, but that doesn't get us to becoming patient people. That gets us to be impatient people acting patiently. Uh, and believe me, we all know that's exhausting. So, <clears throat> but what Colossians does is it, it's a progression. It begins with clothe yourselves and then it moves to bear with one another to forgive one another. It's, first, it's, you know, put it on. You know, do, do it because you know you should. And then begin to become people who have a lifestyle of bearing with one another. It just begins to become natural, even to the point of forgiving. And how should we forgive people? As the Lord forgives us. Abundantly, completely, enthusiastically. So we, we have this opportunity to move from impatience uh, to patience. And uh, Colossians does not suggest that we fake it till we make it. It just says, you know, start with that and then move on. And Jesus was patient. He did bear with people. I don't even think he, you know, rolled his eyes while he was doing it. Uh, so how did he become patient? And can we do the same things he did? And I think the answer is yes. When we look at the Gospels, we see Jesus did all kinds of things that naturally made him a more patient person. We find that Jesus had habits that led to patience. We can have habits that lead to patience. There's a lot about Jesus' habits and practices in Scripture. I like to try to find a few that maybe we haven't heard and, and work on those. So I have three things Jesus did that helped him clothe himself with patience. Number one, Jesus ruthlessly eliminated hurry from his life. 
Isn't that interesting? He ruthlessly eliminated hurry from his life. Frankly, I can't understand how people in Jesus' day hurried. I mean, they walked everywhere. The fastest you could go was one donkey speed, right? And you had to get up in the morning at the crack of dawn, and you had to be done with work, except for going to bed, by dusk, you know, when the sun went down. Nobody was doing emails or improving spreadsheets by oil lamp back then. How did they hurry? I don't know, but Jesus didn't. He, he chose not to hurry. Uh, there's a great um, text in John chapter 11. It says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, who was their brother. So when Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Now, isn't that interesting? There are a lot of questions about why Jesus stayed for two days. I, I don't know the answer. I mean, commentaries are full of uh, ideas. I, I don't know, but it is very interesting. He didn't hurry. I mean, don't we often, we, we get a phone call or somebody says, hey, so-and-so's in trouble or, or so-and-so's sick, and, and it's like, drop everything. We have, to, we have to do stuff right now. And Jesus is like, oh, okay, oh, let's wait a couple days and then see. And, and he did. He ruthlessly eliminated hurry from his life. So where in our lives do we tend to hurry? Are there moments, situations, circumstances where we tend to hurry ourselves? And can we move toward, from impatience to patience in those situations, to move away from hurry? The second thing Jesus did was Jesus waited to speak. There's a story of Jesus asking his disciples a question and then waiting for them to answer. And we do this in, in conversations or meetings and even around the dinner table. We'll ask a question. You've got to give other people a chance to respond, a chance to think. And Jesus did. It's in Matthew 6. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say that I am? So, so I just want you to think, of how, how did this happen? So he asks this open-ended question, who do people say I am? And then he stopped and waited for their answers. And they thought about it for a minute. And one said, well, I've heard people say John the Baptist. They think you're John the Baptist. Hmm. Uh, Elijah. I heard Elijah. Hmm. Um, Jeremiah. I've heard people say maybe you're Jeremiah. Hmm. And then he didn't say anything. And they're all out of answers. They're like, I don't know, do you, have you heard anything? What else? What else? And finally, one's like, uh, or other prophets? Right? It, they moved from specific answers to, they kept working at it to find another answer because I think Jesus stayed quiet. He didn't, he didn't, he waited to speak. And it, and it stimulated more thought from other people. There are situations in our lives where we jump in, we interrupt, we, 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 we're stimulated to talk, and could we move to a place of not, need, or not needing to speak so quickly, waiting to speak? 
And would that create patience in us as we practice that? Number three, Jesus didn't need to have the last word. Wow. So um, if there was ever a time where Jesus ought to defend himself, it was before Pilate, the governor, who had the ability to set him free or hang him on a cross. And uh, we read that story in Matthew 27. It says, When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, Jesus gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. As I say, if there was ever a chance for Jesus to defend himself and get out of suffering, this was the time he needed to do that. But if he spoke, the only thing he could say were things to defend himself or express his own power, which we know he had, or to criticize and denigrate his accusers. And he didn't want to do any of those things, so he remained silent. He allowed his accusers to have the last word. Wow. We can ask ourselves, what are the situations that we find ourselves in where we need to have our last, the last word? To defend ourselves or our honor or our faith or our politics or to criticize somebody else for theirs. When we do those things, when we act out of that, is it acting out of impatience or patience? Well, that's all well and good for Jesus. But what about us? Can we do the same thing? Can we do these things that he did? And would it develop patience in us? I think the answer is yes. We can develop patience the same way Jesus did. So here are three habits to develop patience. Number one, ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. John Ortberg uh, is a pastor, uh, and he was a pastor of a small church near Pasadena, and he got a call to become preaching pastor at Willow Creek, it, you know, this mega church in Illinois, 20,000 members. And he called his mentor. He said, how am I going to remain healthy spiritually and physically and emotionally as I move into this huge responsibility. And he was on the phone with his mentor, and he got a piece of paper and a pen to write down his mentor's answers, and he, there was a pause on the other end of the line, and then he heard this, ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And he wrote that down. And then he, he waited. And he said, what else? I, I got that one. What else? <laughs> and his mentor said, that's it. Do that. Wow. And John Ortberg began to realize he always hurried. All, all his life was hurry, even when he didn't need to hurry. So he tells the story of he was, uh, you know, he had little kids, and one of his daughters loved to dance and twirl. And it was John's turn to get him out of the bathtub and get him ready for bed. And so uh, that one got out. And as he was trying to dry her off, she began to twirl and dance. And it, John just wanted to say to her, hurry up. And he caught himself. He heard his mentor's words, ruthlessly eliminate hurry. And he thought to himself, why am I trying to hurry her? We have nothing to do but go to bed. And yet I feel the need to hurry. And so he just let her dance, which was great. 
But imagine that. Are there situations in our lives where, where we just hurry? Um, this week, think of one situation where you tend to hurry and think of how you might not hurry that could be improved by eliminating hurry. Number two, wait two seconds to speak. Wait two seconds, just two seconds to speak. Have you noticed that almost all of us have techniques by way we can be the next person to talk in a group? Either we interrupt someone before they're finished, or sometimes we finish their sentences. Do you have people in your life who finish your sentences for you? Uh, or you say, uh, they, they pause and you go, and, and start off on your own. Or, well, but, and you start talking. It happens in families, it happens around meals, it really happens in group settings and at meetings and with teams. We're always, you know, quickly moving over each other. I am particularly susceptible to this because I think I have really good answers. I think, wow, if everybody would just hear what I say, I think we could solve problems. We could avert world crisis. Basically, I have a Messiah complex, and, and so I'm always you know, wanting to jump in. I could fix things. Here's what we can do. Wait two seconds before talking. Now, don't do this if you're only talking to one person, because you know, they'll look at you like, what? If you take that long to respond. But if you, in a group, wait two seconds. Here's the interesting thing. You will be shocked and surprised how long it takes you to have a chance to talk because everybody else is immediately stepping in and talking or interrupting or needing to have the next word. Here's something very humbling. You will be surprised how long it takes anyone to notice that you haven't said anything. Guess what? They may solve the problem without you, without us needing to speak. Um, so imagine the patience it would take and the patience it would develop to not speak for just two seconds. And number three, don't have the last word. Don't have the last word. I had the chance to take a class with a, a professor, a man named Lou Smeads. He was a renowned author and ethicist, and we were taking an ethics class from him, and it was just amazing to sit in his presence uh, uh, it was a class of 100, and 99 of us thought it was amazing to sit in his presence. One was impatient. He was sitting right next to me in the front row, and he interrupted by raising his hand at some point because he got so frustrated, and he said to Dr. Smeeds, are you ever going to teach us something that isn't already in one of your books? Because we could just stay home and read them. Now, 99 of us wanted to, A, take a deep breath and wait to see what was going to happen, or smack that insolent, you know, disrespectful person. But Dr. Smeeds just looked at him, and in response to the suggestion, we could just stay home and read your books. All he said was, that's always an option. And then he went on. He let the kid have the last word. He could have devastated him with all kinds of responses, and the rest of us would have applauded. 
But he, he didn't. He practiced not having the last word. Sometime this week, when someone makes you feel like you should defend yourself, or your faith, or your country, or your politics, or whatever you just read in a tweet, just instead of whatever it is you're about to say, try saying this. Thanks for sharing. Wow. See if you don't have fewer arguments. See if things don't stay a little calmer. Thanks for sharing. Um, sometimes we may need to respond, but probably not nearly as often as we think. Let's let someone else have the last word, and then note how you feel about it. How does that make you feel? And we begin to move from impatience to patience. So next steps, we have three. At least once this week, seek to eliminate hurry from a frustrating situation. Wait two seconds to speak in a group setting. And don't have the last word when you're tempted to disagree with someone. As we wrap this up, I, I just want to say I'm aware that I begin to think sometimes that this series on character traits could begin to sound more like a self-help teaching class at the YMCA than a sermon in a church. And my reaction to that and my response to that is to just say, try it. Each week we're getting some exercises to try. And, I went, and, and I've been practicing some of them. And I want to tell us, try it. See if it doesn't drive us to our knees. First, to ask for forgiveness when we realize how far from these character traits and standards we really are. But then to say, Lord, please give, give this to me. Help me develop this. Help me to become more patient with. And we name people. We have the opportunity to take on the very character of Christ, the very nature of Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he emptied himself and he humbled himself to the point of becoming a servant and becoming obedient even to the point of death on a cross. So here's what I want to say. As we begin to try these things and they irritate us and they make us uncomfortable, waiting two seconds to speak is not nearly as bad as dying on a cross. It might feel like we're headed that direction, but it's a step in the right direction. It's a step towards moving to taking on the destiny of having the character traits of Jesus. And I, for one, am impatient to have that begin to happen in my life.